I'm Agent Scott. And I'm Cam the Provocateur. And we're from the Spy Hards Podcast. That's right, and you are listening to Pods Like Us, the podcast that also has the Midas touch. I'm Martin Quibell, known to my friends as Marv, and this time I am talking with retired attorney and presenter of Snapshots and Dinner and a Dot Dot Dot, Mr. Blaine DeSantis. Hello, Blaine. Thank you for being here. Marv, thanks so much for inviting me on. I appreciate it. I listen to your podcast. I enjoy it, and I'm happy I can be a part of it. Thank you very much. And to to weigh the curtain a bit, thank you to uh, Natty as well for setting this up, your son. Well, that's that's what we have him for. He does all these behind-the-scenes things you don't see other than you do see Binge Bros. But after that, it's all behind-the-scenes stuff, and he's great at it. We will get into that later. (laughs) Okay. So how were you first introduced to podcast then, Blaine? I'll tell you, I have no earthly idea. I was so afraid of podcasts for years because I kept, my kids kept saying, oh, get a podcast. And then I'd look at it and it says subscribe. And it's like, eh, am I going to have to pay something? I don't want to pay anything. So I would never push a button, never subscribe. And finally, they got me to subscribe to something. And it was uh, something that they were listening to. Okay. And that's nice. And then uh, uh, one thing led to another. And then I got a couple more podcasts I start listening to. And then I become uh, hooked on uh, the format and uh, everything and, and what, what you can learn and uh, enjoy on podcasts that you can't get on TV or radio. So I'm guessing when you first got into podcasting, you were still working as a uh, as an attorney. And oh no, 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 Marv! I retired back in 2002. I uh, I was fortunate enough to be able to turn 50 and say that's it. Uh, no, no more for me. And uh, I just got burnt out being a lawyer, and so uh, I didn't do much of anything in terms of podcasting. I did take the kids all around the world. That was one of our goals to make them worldly and make them uh, good citizens. And we did that for a long time. And we were able to get many places and see a lot of things. And, uh, then I started my podcast, uh, last May, uh, and it sort of coincided with me with everything, well, with everything shutting down here. Cause I used to teach at a, uh, it's called Ollie and it's a lifetime learning Institute here at the local college. And I used to teach there and well, Ollie's no longer teaching a person and I'm not a zoom guy. So I wasn't going to do anything. So, you know, we started talking and the next thing, you know, I said, well, let's, let's try something. And last May we popped out the first episode. So that was uh, the show snapshots. Then. Yes. Snapshots popped out with the, I think the first episode has something to do with the Beatles last uh song that was uh that they had put out last number one or something like that then along with a trip to the grand canyon and things like that mm-hmm. so, so see if you can remember what, what was the last song that the beatles did put out then jeez you know i cannot remember it's not the one everybody thinks it was that's the thing it wasn't the song that everyone did remember i can't re- i can't think off the top of my head right now isn't it something that pops into your head and then pops out Give me a, give me a, give me a few, give me a few minutes, Marvel. It'll pop in there one of these days. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, um, describe to everybody what, uh, what snapshots is all about. 
Well, snapshots, the, the inspiration behind this really is, uh, as a kid, we would always go to my, uh, my one uncle, my uncle Ezio's house, and he would take Polaroid pictures. And you look at those little, you know, the self-developing pictures you have. And it was just like a little snapshot of what's going on in the world at that very particular moment. You know, you saw eight people sitting around a table or three people playing something or doing something. And that was the inspiration behind this. What's going on at this one particular moment in time and or this week or this day or something. And so that's why uh, I got into doing the snapshots, little things, little bits of nostalgia and history as i say from yesterday today and maybe even into tomorrow that's great and then so that's been going since last may and then yes you were and then you started another show called dinner and a dot 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 <laughs> and uh, apparently that's as a uh, it's sort of a um an extra to snapshots or a almost like a spin-off of snapshots it, it is Yes, it's a, it's a recommendation. One of the things, you know, I don't know how it is over with you in England, but here in America, no one's getting together. No one's coming to the house. And when you sit there and talk to people about, well, now, what are we doing? What do you, you, you used to get together to exchange opinions. Have you seen a book, uh, read a book, I should say, seen a movie? We're not doing that. So I got this idea to uh, make it like a recommendation show. Okay, instead of you coming to my house, I'll podcast out to you something I might be watching or reading or listening to short, you know, no more than 10 minutes, a little bit of history with it about what I'm doing. And then bingo, bango, bongo, it's over and done. And you got some recommendations. Well, I think that's a good thing about both of your shows is, is that they are, I would say bite-sized shows, the shows that you can get through really quickly, but they're incredibly informative and give you everything that you need to know that's that's the whole idea there are some podcasts that are good at the hour or hour and a half length me i couldn't talk that long i can do around 30 some minutes because basically this is coming off my top of my head i some people have scripts i can't work with a script it's just gonna be what can i think of and talk about i do research obviously but you know what do i uh what do i say so 30 minutes is around my max Marv. yeah but I will say, just like Natty said when we were talking, uh, you are incredibly natural at doing it, at, at doing these things. Well, thank you. That's okay. You know, we, my dad, my dad, who was also an attorney, said to me one time, "We have two things we we do for sale. We have uh, our brains and our mouth. So <laughs> I've been I've been using both for a few years. So, in a way, then I'm thinking it's. You had to be very good with your words and how you were putting things across as, as an attorney. So that's almost natural that you would be that way anyway. It, it helps. It, it helped. It really did. Uh, I, I'm comfortable. I don't have a problem sitting behind a microphone. I don't have a problem talking and doing this. I had no trouble. I used to, as I said, I used to teach here at the, uh, the Lifetime Learning Institutes. You know, I would teach, uh, I taught three or four courses on music. I taught three courses, I think, on baseball. Matter of fact, I've even lectured up at the uh, Baseball Hall of Fame in Cooperstown. So, yeah, it was sort of sort of natural for me to, to talk a lot. And, of course, sometimes in, in the situation as an attorney, you would have to think on your feet very quickly and say what you need to say without thinking too much about it so you'd be naturally quick thinking and come up with what you need to say like i said immediately right what i one of the stories i think that i i remember the most about myself was i would do uh appellate work now I, you take the case to your trial and if you don't like the decision you go to the court of appeals in uh, pennsylvania where i was from originally yeah. and that was held in philadelphia pennsylvania and so that was around an hour away. So the entire time I'm going down there to give the, my uh, oral argument before the judges, I'm thinking what I'm going to say, what I'm going to say, what I'm going to say, boom, ba, boom, ba, boom. And then you get there and, you know, 30 seconds into it, they don't want to hear what you have planned. They want to ask you a question. Oops, you got to be ready for anything. So, yeah. So where did your interest in facts and, um, and dates and all of these things come from? Um, 
I don't want to say I was a sickly child, but I suffered from asthma badly. And this is back in the, in the early fifties. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, uh, it was not good. I was getting all those steroidal injections and everything else. And I couldn't be outside. I still can't really go outside a lot, cut grass and the, the allergies and everything else. I can't breathe. I can't breathe when it's too cold outside or if it's windy. So I got used to being inside. And we had a set of uh, world book encyclopedias. And I would sit there maybe once a week, sit down with a volume and just start reading the encyclopedia. Such a nerd, such a nerd. But you know what? That's all I could do. So, you know, that was okay. I enjoyed it. That's great. I'm guessing then that you must have lots of books that have got facts. And so, because I mean, I know I, I love the Guinness Book of Records and mm -hmm. other books as well. So. I've got, I think, uh, a book that's all about lists. So there's a list there that includes like uh, people's favorite songs or most popular songs by such and such. Or, and then I've got a book full of dates and things that happened on those dates in history. Mm -hmm. So I'm mm -hmm. guessing you're the same with that as well. I have some. I have some. Yes. Yeah. That, you know, I think that's it's fun to look at those things and see what's what. And, uh, get some ideas and some thoughts for that. But yeah, I like, I like facts. I've always liked little bits of information and uh, I'll tell you a story. Uh, if, if you have, don't mind okay. uh, about, about a friend of mine from college who we were talking and one day and he said, you know, there are two types of people. And he said, I said, okay, <laughs> you never know what you're going to get when you hear that. He goes, there's some people who sit there and know everything about one topic and they could write a book about that topic. And you listen to them and you'll fall asleep. He said, then there, the rest of us could know a little bit about a lot. He says, we're the interesting ones. <laughs> I said to myself, I think Howard's got something there, you know, and it's sort of since that time, I've been getting a lot of little interesting tidbits I can talk about. So that's enjoyable. Yeah. I bring up the books as well, because of the fact that, um, you are a huge book read you you love books you love reading yes. and you love looking into books as your uh blog mm -hmm. uh, what yes it, uh was it blaine's eclectic blaine's eclectic, eclectic bookshelf. bookshelf yeah yeah yep. you never know what you're going to get uh, absolutely it's it, it's a fascinating blog it, it really <laughs> is it's a good read <laughs> thank you and um so you have all sorts of books in your collection so i mean have you actually got a favorite uh, genre of, of book to read or is it just anything? I, I will read almost anything. I do not read romance. Okay. Don't okay. do romance too well. Okay. But, and, and I'm not a big fantasy reader, but in terms of anything else, I love uh, my favorite authors are John Steinbeck and James Michener, Michener who does historical fiction uh, did it. I should say, uh, Ken Follett, love his works. Okay, that combination of history and yet a mystery. I like that in a book, a historical fiction books. Very, very good stuff. I read mystery books. I read uh, history books, nonfiction books, you name it. Um, the, the bookshelf is loaded with books, all different types. And what I, what I like is reading books that are set in other countries. I don't know about you, but I enjoy being transported to a different country for a book learning a little bit about their customs learning a bit about their culture it's just completely different well that almost sounds like you're you're going going on holiday while you're reading a book <laughs> you do you do i just got done with uh yesterday i just finished up a book by cj sansom who writes a, a series of books set back in tudor time of henry the eighth and it's a set of uh, mysteries on that. And I just finished that, uh, one, the second volume of that book. So that's a very good series also. I think Sansom's an English writer. It's it's the same as when, I, uh, when I've when i read, uh, I've read Of Mice and Men and uh, Is It the Pearl by mm -hmm. uh, John yes. Steinbeck. Yes. Uh, uh -huh. Both of those. And when I, wrote, when I read both of those books, it was like it transported me to those because the way he describes the area and the people it tells you everything that you need to know yes. and you can actually picture the the scene where they are and everything and the same with the um, oh who are the writers like um well you know huckleberry finn when when you read yeah. huckleberry finn you can mm -hmm. actually see 
that image and the steamboats and, and everything mm-hmm. there, you know. So, yeah, I, I love that sort of book as yeah. well. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. And, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's a lot of fun to be transported uh, through book, and good writers can do that. So that's, that's, why they're in my, that's why they're in my library. I must have 6,000 or more books everywhere between my Kindle, between the library, between the, the bookshelves in the bedroom, the bookshelves over in Nathaniel's side of the house. I got so many books. Ay, ay, ay. So have you passed on your love of books to, to Nathaniel and your, your, your other children as well? I think so. My daughter's a librarian. And uh, she just started back today's her first day as a corporate librarian. She was working at the at a college here in South Carolina, and her boyfriend moved thing was did move to Indianapolis, and she moved also. And so today is her first day as a corporate librarian at the Eli Lilly Pharmaceutical Company. So we don't know what she's going to be doing as a corporate librarian. But uh, they have nine of them, so there must be something they do there. So she's got to love. Nathaniel reads also, absolutely, you know, inquisitive, likes to see this stuff. So, yeah, everybody everybody reads. Yeah. Well, when Nathaniel's got time between his editing of all of these different podcast shows. Well, we let him do that now and then. We let him read. But uh, you're right. He is busy constantly, Marv. I mean, you know what it takes to put one of these together. And... Uh, when you're doing your own show as he does with uh, his friend Joey and they do two of them a week and uh, then you start doing all the other ones it's it's a it's a lot of work a lot of work so how is that done then how do you do the shows does it happen much like this where Nathaniel sets you up and then just leaves you to do your thing and then you give him those the file to to make the show from yeah I, uh, I have it. I record here on my, uh, iPad. I'm sitting here in my living room. I have a desk here in my living room, looking out over the area here. Okay. I can see up into the mountains and everything else here. And, uh, every Sunday I, uh, sit down, uh, plug in my mic into my iPad and start putting together the show. And, uh, you know, 35 minutes later, I'm done. I then send it to him and he takes care of, uh, equalizing the volumes and then, you know, we just started to add what I think is the harder process of making my show into a YouTube uh, presentation, which I think right. is very difficult. Uh, but he likes doing it and he's got to find the, the photographs. I, I didn't mind finding them. He said, I don't mind doing it. I learned more that way. So he's actually when I'm when he's listening to my uh, podcast, uh, he's now got his computer open and he's looking at another computer and he's doing stuff to find out the pictures and putting everything together. Pretty interesting. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Crikey. How can you find the time to do that for all of those shows? That are done? <laughs> I, I don't know. You know, I, and I always get him my show on a Sunday, late Sunday afternoon, early evening. Uh, then Monday morning, our daughter, Sarah has her little five minute, no fear finance show, which she's now been able to edit herself. So she does that. Then he works, starts working on a binge bros and our son, Matthews from the swamp to the swamp, uh, political show, which is always around an hour in length. And then he starts working on mine the next day. And then this, then we we're taping, youtube shows with my wife and putting all that together it is a busy schedule marv very busy it really is Mm -hmm. he's Mm -hmm. got himself a good job there well you know one of the things i think and i don't i don't know if we call us successful yet but we're we're endeavoring one of the things that that i think we're fortunate enough is we have a family of talkers and we like learning and we also uh we, we, we formed Amalfi. And so we have this umbrella, which is we can promote our own shows on the other shows. Or I say, you know, as I say, you know, tw- text me, tweet me, YouTube me, or go to AmalfiMedia.com. You go to AmalfiMedia.com and then push a button. You can see any one of our shows are there. And uh, that really helps. That really does help. It does help. So mm-hmm. um, I suppose I'll, I'll come out in all honesty here and say yep. that a lot of things that you discuss are interesting to me because I'm of the age also that when I was younger, it was all about family time. So you'd be watching the television together mm-hmm. and a lot of memories of uh, of special times in the year like Christmas and 
and Easter will always have memories of family time in front yes. of the television or watching films that are mm -hmm. family films and you'll listen to music together and books and playing games together and all of yeah. these things are things that are important and you mention in your shows. Yes, I try to because family is important to me. I was I was very fortunate. I mean, my dad worked so much as an attorney. Uh, my mom was very, very ill. And uh, when I was born already, my mom had uh, cancer and had lost her one uh, breast through a radical mastectomy. And so she was always extremely well. Now, so I'm not, I'm sort of sickly. My mom's suffering from cancer. And so we're at home together and time together was very, very uh, important. As a matter of fact, I remember uh, asking my dad, I said, dad, can, can I get a job? He says, no, just stay home with your mom. We don't know how long you're going to have her. Okay. That was fine. And I did. And I had good times with her. And my grandmother came over to help out because my mom couldn't cook too much or do too much and around the house. So my grandmother was there to help. And that was really good. Loved it. So you, you still play board games now with the family, do you? Oh, yeah. Yeah. The, the price went up in board games. So nothing's Isn't cheap it? anymore. <laughs> but yeah, we do. We just played. Uh, we got a couple new games at uh, Christmas. Uh, we got something called. Uh, what's it called? Oh, God, the very first one we I talked about started with a C. We'll get that. Uh, but anyway, Chronology. We got Chronology. Chronology. I, I, that's a fun game. We played Azul, which is a really fun game the other day. And that was a lot of fun. I played some other board games. Around two years ago, we got hooked on a game called Pandemic, if you can believe it. It's oh, yeah. a wonderful <laughs> board game. And it's so different from everything else where... You know, usually it's you and I would be playing Marvin. You're trying to win and I'm trying to win. In pandemic, you have to act as a team to try to beat the spread of the pandemic disease. So that's a different mindset when you're playing a game where you're not trying to win individually. You're trying to win as an entire team. And uh, it wasn't Nathaniel's favorite game for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> he, liked, he liked beating me at board games and this time we have to work together so uh, we do it's very good i really like that game pandemic so do you have any favorite board games or any games well that was a fair another one we've done is this uh i just talked about it uh coming up uh it was called Trails to Rails the Catan series where you you try to uh, discover uh make cities and then deliver goods and cargo it takes like two and a half hours to play and uh, but it's a fun game and we really like it that's one of my favorites if i can do that yeah i really like that none of the old traditional games never i never liked monopoly too much uh actually i grew up a lot of playing cards uh my my mom and my grandmother and i used to play pinochle you okay. play pinochle yes i've played pinochle okay yeah Kids don't know you every day. People say, well, let's play bridge, play bridge. I said, how about pinochle? And they look at you like, what is that? And, uh, you know, then my grandmother, my mom and grandmother, they're, they're Pennsylvania Dutch. And so they would want, they would teach me a game. I cannot remember anymore called Hassenpfeffer, which okay. I have no idea what that was, but we used to play that, you know? And so we played a lot of card games and that was fun. I don't see people doing that anymore. Marv, do they? I, I don't know. I, I, We've still played some card games, haven't we? Occasionally. Okay. Yeah. We used to get together with friends at holidays, uh, our holidays here, Memorial Day, Labor Day, 4th of July. And my dad and the three other gentlemen would sit around for five hours playing cards. No no gambling, no nothing, no betting, just playing pinochle, you know. Just, they had a great time. And then when I was allowed to come into that uh, circle, I thought that was like a rite of passage. They're letting me play pinochle with them. Wow. <laughs> Loved it. I'm, I'm, I'm a lover of words, so I love uh, I love Scrabble. Oh, that's a fun game, isn't that? Yeah, that's a great game. I challenge that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's Scrabble dictionaries and everything. It's amazing, isn't it? It is. <laughs> it's such fun. <laughs> so another subject that you talk about a lot is music so yeah. have, have you had a love of music for a long time yeah. as well and do uh, you have a you large taste in music as well yes i do uh, again if you eliminate hip-hop and rap uh i like everything else didn't think i liked disco okay but now compared to the hip-hop and rap disco's not so bad 
So uh, I do like pop music or rock and roll music. I like uh, grew up listening to jazz and classical music as a kid for many, many years. I sang in the church choir, so I have a love of that type of music. And uh, uh, yeah, I love, uh, again, you couldn't, if you pin me down, I couldn't say which is my favorite. Love country music, the old country music from the 1960s to the 1980s, when it was still a little bit country, not something what they're making now called country. So have you got any music that you listen to or that you love that you think yeah. that other people might not know about or are very little known group or artist? You know, that was one of my first uh, dinner in a dots. And I, I recommend it to people and I recommend anybody here. If you can get the music of Rye Cooter, C-O-O-D-E-R, Rye Cooter, wonderful guitar player, wonderful guitar I mean, just a great guitar player and unknown. People don't know this guy. And uh, he does a lot of uh, uh, albums that are, are, are based on certain concepts. And he just did one on, uh, oh, I think it was the Chavez Ravine, it was called, which is the, where the Los Angeles Dodgers play baseball and how Chavez Ravine used to be a, uh, actually was a uh, Hispanic community in Los Angeles, which they tore down for government housing. And when the government housing didn't go in, they gave them a, the, to the O'Malley family for a baseball park. And he did a whole, a whole album on this development. And it was just out of this world. And, uh, you know, I just really like, uh, I like Rye Cooter a lot. He's a great, great listen. And one I want to mention to you, I know you guys, I listen to you, okay? I've gone back through your catalog. Everybody comes on, they want to talk about the Beatles. They do. I need some love for the Dave Clark Five. I love the Dave Clark Five. Oh, were they good. Dave Clark pounding on those drums. They were just a great, uh, great group. That's true. They were a really good group. I mean, at the beginning, they were, they were serious competition for the Beatles. They were. They were. Actually, they were on the Ed Sullivan show and over here in America more than the Beatles were. And uh, they were very popular over here. Um, did, did, have you found any podcasts that, that do anything on uh, Dave Clark 5? I have not, no. And I have okay. actually looked as well. Okay. I know you're a Beatles guy and have lots of Beatles. I love the guy who had the 400 Beatles books. Okay. That's great. I thought that was super, you know, uh, and, uh, it actually inspired me to go out and get, uh, a book myself, another book on them the other day. So, uh, yeah, spending more money on Amazon, but, okay. uh, yeah, I love it. Love, love that. Love the sixties, love the sixties music. Go on then. Which Beatles book did you buy? It was by Larry Kane. Okay, okay, let me let me open up my uh, let me open up my phone if I can for a moment. I will find it for you. Okay, let me do that. I will talk here a minute while we're doing that, but I will look at that Larry Kane's book. Larry Kane was a newspaper. Uh, it was a uh, television broadcaster, and he's the only American uh, reporter who was allowed to travel with the Beatles during their first trip to America. Oh yeah, and he then subsequently got a real big uh, friendship with these guys, and he was with them all over. And so, yeah, Larry Kane did a, a couple of books about his relationships with the Beatles and their tours. And let me just sit here and and let me do this. And he put this one in because he's written around three or four. And uh, yes, it's called uh, Ticket to Ride. Inside the Beatles, 64, 65 tours that changed the world. Yeah, yeah. that's the one I got. Mm -hmm. I yeah, can't remember a... which podcast it is, but I've actually heard him being interviewed as well mm -hmm. on, on a Beatles podcast. Yeah, see, I, re I knew Larry Kane as Channel 6 News in Philadelphia. I hadn't realized uh, growing up that he had that uh, that relationship with the group. Never, They never stressed it, you know. Well, to, them, it's, to them, it's just part of their 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 job, mm -hmm. isn't it? Really? You're right. Yeah, that's it's fascinating to, to be part of that and be the only one allowed on the planes and behind the stage and everything else. Uh, it's, that's great stuff, you know. So yeah. So, so what do you like? Are you a, are you a Beatles fan, Marv? Is that your fa Are they your favorite group from back then, or what's your favorite? Um, actually, my favorite band is Queen. 
Oh, well. Um, and then my second favorite band is, is the Beatles. Yeah. So what did you think of the movie about them? What did you think? Of, was it two years ago, the, the movie with Freddie Mercury and the Queen? I liked the film to a degree, but I have a problem with films where they take, uh, where they use poetic license and sometimes get things uh, or change facts to suit the film, shall we say. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, when you get songs that they'll they'll say, "Well, we 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 were doing we did this song in 1980," and you think, "Well, you didn't because you did it in 1977." That yes. that sort of thing can can be irritating to me because I'm a bit I'm a bit of a trivia nerd when it comes to music trivia. Yeah. So <laughs> there you go. I can understand that. Yeah, and I can understand why that would would bother people. Uh, if you if you want to do something, do it the right way. I, last night I was watching rewatching a movie called Trumbo, T-R-U-M-B-O. Yeah. It was on Netflix. It's about a writer named Dalton Trumbo who uh, who was blacklisted here in the States as part of the Hollywood 10 back in the 40s and 50s, couldn't get any work. And while much of it was correct, uh, there were parts that were incorrect and portrayed people incorrectly, which bugged me. Uh, uh, and also, you know, just certain, again, if you like something, and you're sort of a little nut on it. You don't like when they misrepresent facts. Absolutely. I mean, it's the same as when I've seen films that are based on books, and they've slightly altered the story. Well, and sometimes not even the oh, not even the same thing at times, isn't it? I yeah yeah. So I I saw a film um, with Tom Cruise where he was playing uh, Jack Reacher. Okay. The character in that. And it was based on on the book One Shot, um, mm -hmm. and I happen to be a fan of that that book. That is my favourite of those of those books. Mm -hmm. um, and I just felt that the uh, so from the beginning, the character that Tom Cruise was playing, he actually believed from the beginning of the film that the character was innocent of this crime. But in the book, he didn't. He actually thought mm. that the character was guilty. Oh and it was only as it got towards the end of the film, the book, I mean, that it was that there was a twist where he realised that actually that person that he thought had done it hadn't actually done it. So I thought the fact that they had done it the other way in the film where he knew from the beginning, I thought that spoiled what could have been a really good twist in a film. Yeah. That changes it completely, doesn't it? Wow, it does. Yeah, but um, I really need to go and watch that film again because people keep telling me that I, I should watch it with fresh eyes. There you go. Good. I've not seen any. I'm not a major Tom Cruise fan. I mean, I seen I saw some of his early stuff, and uh, I don't know for some reason I just don't. Uh, I guess ever since he went up and down, jumping up and down on that sofa, I thought, what a nut, you know, and. Uh, Every much how much you love Katie Holmes. I don't know. I just uh, sort of lost the love for Tom Cruise at that point. Yeah, that, I, I think that was just exaggeration for the press. You think so? I, I do. Just like just like yesterday's interview, huh? What do you think about that one? Wow. <laughs> With yeah. Oprah and the, the 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 and the former prince. <laughs> yes, that is that is a very big talking point in. Yeah. In British news today, actually. <laughs> oh, you you knew she was going to come up. I'm not a fan of hers. I mean, I've watched her show. Uh, she was on Suits, and she was a minor character there, which they tried to make a little bit more of a character. But, you know, it's like her talking, and Harry just sits there, you know, doesn't have much to say. And uh, she, you knew she was going to dump on everything. I mean, we all knew that. And Oprah, uh, that's she's like the, the Barbara Walters now. She's taken over that crown, you know. Oh, we'll talk to Oprah. Okay. All right. You, you know, oh, all for a buck. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we'll, we'll, t we'll touch on films as well then. So mm -hmm. are, are you eclectic with films as, as you are with books? Well, I love classics. Okay. I love, and that's a hard thing to define what's a classic, but I love the old black and whites. I've got a lot of DVDs of uh, the silent films, uh, the Fatty Arbuckles, 
the Buster Keatons, the D.W. Griffith works. I've got many, many of those. And I love going and watching that. Those old 20s and 30s musicals, getting into the then uh, film noir. I love film noir. Oh, that's a that's a genre I really like. And getting it up into, uh, yeah, nowadays. And yeah, Nathaniel has got me watching uh, WandaVision and had me watching Mandalorian and I like Mandalorian, don't quite understand WandaVision, but I don't know if anybody really does unless you're a nerd about that. Uh, so, we, you know, we watch those things. And, uh, yeah, I, I like all types, but I really like, if it's black and white, I really like it. How's that? Absolutely. I, I love a good old black and white film. Yeah. And yeah. I, th I think my favorite film director is Alfred Hitchcock. Oh, absolutely. So good. So good. I have all his movies. I have everyone that's come out. I've got, I think, two different box sets. Plus, I got something I never saw before about uh, classic Hitchcock films. I mean, we go back to his first movie ever made. And uh, boy, I'll tell you that I never saw it anywhere. I know sometimes the the dubbing's not good or the it's difficult to understand. But I love watching his work. Just love it. What's your favorite, by the way? What's your favorite, Mark? My favourite Alfred Hitchcock is... Ooh, I'll have to think seriously about this. Okay. Uh, possibly Vertigo. Ooh, that's a good one. That's a good movie, yeah. But um, but it, it's tricky because, you know, you could say that and then the next minute you'll say, oh, why didn't I say Rope? Or yeah, that's right. That's North right. by Northwest. Mm -hmm. you, you can just reel off so many good films. Yep. And he had different segments in his life where he did certain things and he did certain ways, you know, and then he came to America and did certain things. And yeah, it was, uh, he had a varied, varied career and, uh, yet he found certain people he liked to work with actors or actresses. He kept a lot of the same, uh, background people, the sets, the music, the cinematographers took a course on this around three, four years ago. I got some sort of summer degree or something like that on the works of Hitchcock. And I loved it. It was so much fun studying him. It was a great, great time. Yeah. yeah. And the amount of films that he, well, he made that had mm -hmm. music by Bernard, Bernard Herman as well. That's right. That's right. Yeah. My favorite would be uh, North by Northwest. I, uh, so much so that when I finally made it out to uh, South Dakota uh, and I saw, you know, the Mount Rushmore, I started crying. Because, I mean, that's something I had wanted to see for years and years. And it was all because those guys fighting on top of uh, Abraham Lincoln and George Washington and everything else. I just, uh, I thought that was just the neatest scene, along with the crop dusting scene. Just great stuff. Great. Absolutely. And they, they uh, paid homage to the crop dusting uh, scene in, I think it was the James Bond film from Russia with Love, where he was yes. chased by the helicopter. Mm-hmm. That's correct. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. But um... yeah, love love that. You know, it's it's funny. What some of some of my shows I, I go out of my way to try to find certain types of snapshots. Uh, I always try to get a uh if I can, I try to get a music in or I try to get a, a TV. Lately my snapshots have had a lot from Los Angeles and a lot from Hollywood just because they happened to be going on in, in that's this time period many years ago. But uh, I always like to try to find something that gets me excited, you know, and be able to talk about it. And I love talking about Los Angeles. I do. I, I lived there for three years and I loved it. Absolutely loved it. And uh, so uh, to find things that you have a passion for and be able to then incorporate that in the snapshot is for me, super. And I can imagine it's just like you, when you start talking with people and discussing something that you've got a great passion for, you can tell it and you feel it. And the whole interview just sort of rolls by itself. It does. It really does. In fact, we'll go, we'll go back to your, your show shows then about now that you've just gone into that. I think one of the really nice things about it is that I, I always say that, um, that good radio and good good podcasting is uh is is like really good company for somebody in a way and it's it's comforting for for people i mean especially in the this age mm -hmm. so and i think your voice 
works perfectly for that and you are like company for people when they're listening to your show and the advice that you give or suggestions that you give to people i think that's really helpful and useful but i try to be i try to come across like that i, I try to be interesting and i try to be soothing and i don't want to be uh too excitable uh I always tell my wife, I said, if I can't sleep, I put on one of my own podcasts and it puts me to sleep. My voice just is so nice, you know, and even, ah, and that's thanks to Nathaniel evening out all my, you know, equalizing the voice and everything, but, oh, it's so nice, you know, and uh, yeah, I, I, I do have a great time uh, talking to people. I miss people. I don't, you know, I, I miss being able to, to, to teach or to do something with group. And so this is the only way I can do it. So we got snapshots or dinner and a dot, you know, but you've found a really good niche now. And I think you've got the, the podcasting bug now. I think you're stuck doing this even when, even when everybody can go back out and see each other, I think you'll carry on doing this. I get Marv, that sort you're of impression. You're, you're correct, Marv. I will not go back to teaching. The other thing is, you know, when I would teach, uh, they would put us in rooms and, you know, I could never get into the big room because the big room that the, that this, that, that they have in the, for this facility would hold 125, 130 people. Well, I always wanted to do it a certain time of day, a certain day of the week. Well, you can't have the big room. Why not? Well, we have 25 people who are going to do Zumba. We move the chairs around and they can do Zumba. So what do I get? The room with 25 people. So I'm hitting 25 or 30 people if we cram them in there, because that's all I can fit in the room. This way, I'm unlimited by the number of people I can reach. I, I'm so happy that we can, that Amalfi has gotten us all over the world. We got to get to Antarctica yet. Haven't cracked that one yet, but we got to get there. But I mean, I, I'm so happy I, I, the people, you know, who, a lot of Indians and Pakistanis listen to our show. And that's just so super. I love it, you know, and uh, yeah, I, I enjoy that being able to talk to more than 25 or 30 people at a time yeah my, my, me and uh nathaniel were both on about that when we were talking and we're saying it's it's strange because you'll you'll look at where your show is being listened to and you'll think i can't believe that people in these countries are listening to me i know yeah it it, it it's one it it fills you with both wonderment and pride you are happy and you're proud that you can present something that people want to listen to. And that's a great thing when you can do that. That's great. Absolutely. It must be like these, uh, these bands who suddenly get told that they're number one in a different country. And that's right. Never been to that country. before. That's right. That's right. Like I was just did something the other day on, uh, my special episode of listen to the music about the honeycombs. Do you remember the honeycombs? I've heard of the honeycombs. Have I the right to hold you? Boom, oh, yeah. boom, boom. Yeah, Honeyland Comb. It was named after her. Uh, the honeycombs were named after her. It's a fascinating story, and I won't go into it. You can listen to the podcast, folks. Uh, but, you know, they had one hit in the United States, Have I the Right? And it was a hit in England, but they were huge in Sweden and Japan. And they, say, and they still were decades later. They were still huge in Sweden and Japan. And you say, wow, every over here, people forgot about the honeycombs, you know? And uh, yeah, that's one of those groups I liked. That, that's one of the stories, a neat story that I was able to find out about them. So yeah, enjoyed them about it. Also, you remember the Hollywood teens? Well, that Hollywood was another teens. group. Is the Hollywood teens. They were from England also. Okay. <laughs> it's, they tried to get, you know, people tried to come into America during the British invasion with American sounding names. And then there were groups in America that tried to sound British. So they thought that wouldn't make them popular, like the Buckinghams, uh, like the Buckingham palace, but no, it's named after Buckingham fountain and Buckingham circle in Chicago or uh, the Sir Douglas quintet, which was a Tex-Mex group out of San Antonio, Texas, but Ooh, a quintet that, but that sounds British. And so, you know, everybody's, everybody's got a gimmick. Yeah. Everybody's got something. <laughs> That's so true. Have you got a favorite piece of trivia? Oh my, a favorite piece of trivia. <laughs> One that I always like to ask people name the first male 
British artist to be number one in the billboard charts here in America, name the first female and name the first group. And that usually stumps them. That usually stumps them. Most people get the woman because that was uh, Petula Clark with downtown. Okay. Uh, do you remember that? Do, would you know the first British act artist man to become number one in America? Um, I, I don't know. First British male to get a number one single in America. Um, I, I don't know. I, I don't know it's, whether it's, it's, somebody like Cliff Richard would have trans translated over to no, American audiences. No. It's a it's a instrumental. It was Mr. Ackerbilk, Stranger on the Shore. Of course. That clarinet solo back in 63 came number one. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Great, great song. Who learned to play, by the way, learned to play the clarinet while in prison in Egypt. That's another great story. Wow. This guy, this guy fell asleep. He was guarding. He was over at the Suez Canal when there was all the tensions there in the 50s. And he falls asleep on guard duty. And they put him in the brig. And in the brig, he learns to play the, uh, the clarinet. <laughs> Interesting how this happens. How did how did he have a clarinet with him to learn? God God knows how he got a clarinet into the brig, but he, that's where he learned it. Yeah, and then the number one, the first group to have a number one hit in America. Do you know that from Britain? Was it not? Was it not the? Oh, was it Jerry and the Pacemakers? No, no. Again, I'm, uh, trying, uh, I'm trying to avoid saying the Beatles because I don't. No, it wasn't the Beatles. No, that matter of fact, it's another instrumental song. It was wow. done by the Tornadoes. It was called Telstar. Of course, Telstar. Do, 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 do. That yep. great, great story behind that, too. I love doing music trivia. That's my favorite trivia is music trivia because the stories behind it are out of this world. So when you do dinner in a dot, 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 you, you talk about the food that you've eaten first. Is, yes, is we right? talk about food. That's right. And then you'll pick two different things like a book or a film uh, music or a game that you've played. Right. That's right. Yep. I just want to keep it short. Uh, I just want to have a couple things for people to pick up and, 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 uh, do it and watch it. And, and I, I try to, sometimes I try to get, uh, we're trying to do some, like maybe theme nights, all Italian food, Italian songs, Italian books or something like that, or maybe French or maybe English or something like that. Uh, yeah. One of my favorites was when we did, uh, Oh, the movie Fisherman Friends. Oh, I like that movie. Yes. Oh, and then I could sing sea shanties. <laughs> my Romanian relatives, my wife's side, I'm singing sea shanties in the background while she's talking to them. They think I'm absolutely nuts, you know. <laughs> <laughs> what do you do with a drunken sailor early in the morning? Uh, you know, okay. Oh, <laughs> yeah, but 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 the the catchy. That's why people used to sing them is because exactly. they're catchy. They're catchy and they're good. And gosh, oh my, my wife was actually the first one to pick up that that movie was filmed in Port Isaac, where Doc Martin is filmed, one of my favorite TV shows. Oh, yes, I remember you saying that in the, yeah. In the episode. Yeah. yeah, have you ever seen Doc? I have seen Doc Martin yeah. with yeah, there he is. Um, Martin Clunes. Yeah, well, one yeah. more season to go, a final season. So uh, they're filming. And I can't wait to see it. A great series. Great series. Love the British series. Love it. Yeah, I thought that was fascinating that you keep you keep mentioning British series like that and new tricks that you that you watch. Oh, watch new tricks. And uh, I'm at the point now where the group's breaking up and it's just devastating. They just uh, Jack left. And now uh, Brian memory lane is gone. And, you know, Amanda Redmond, her character is leaving. And it's like, oh. Uh, the only one left is Jerry, and uh, yeah, it's it's sad. But you know, I have a lot of favorite and fun English shows. You know, I grew up, not grew up, but I was, I mean, I watched and watched Rumpole. Oh my God, okay. never fear, Rumpole is here. <laughs> she who must be obeyed. <laughs> yeah. Well, that, that, that new tricks, the theme tune is actually sung by one of the actors, you know. Yeah. Yes, Jerry. Uh, yeah. Dennis Wakeman Dennis, is his name, I Dennis, think. Yeah. yeah, Dennis Waterman, yeah. Waterman, Waterman, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it is it's great. I love that thing. That's a great theme. I think it's a good show. really like that. Like, I love the British shows. 
it's something that he uh, is, is a bit trivia so it's something that he started with another series he used to do in the 80s called Minder and he actually did the theme tune to that as ah, well okay didn't know that that's good to know yeah my trouble is getting my listeners to get the services you know i get i get uh, uh acorn and i get britbox and not everybody over here gets those streaming services so i have to be careful when i put things in that's why i put new tricks in because it's over here on also on amazon prime and again sometimes you have to educate your public because people might get amazon prime for the free two-day shipping they don't realize you get their videos also was part of that so we're trying to educate people on that that their shows are there and they do have a good amount of british shows on amazon prime that's how we've got amazon prime is because we get okay. it with the fishing I mean, the shipping as well. Yeah, you, you can't beat it. I mean, free two-day shipping, the amount of stuff. We got 174 different deliveries last year. Are you kidding me? That's ridiculous. <laughs> Who buys all this stuff? But, you know, I have a monthly subscription for toilet paper, a monthly subscription for paper towels. I started this two, three years ago, and everybody thinks I'm nuts. Last year, when people weren't getting paper towels or toilet paper, well, we're well, we're well equipped here. We were getting our deliveries. That's true. I mean, they're a lifesaver in so many ways for people yeah. being able to get hold of things while That's everything's right. been closed. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, do you listen to any other podcasts? Oh, too many. I can't keep, I can't stop them. Besides yours, I can't stop listening. I love listening to your podcast. I also listen to a lot of uh, history uh, podcasts. Uh, let me just go back here. Of course, one of my favorites, obviously, is, uh, is a History Extra podcast. I love the BBC for that. I, I really, and I think they've stepped up their game this year with a lot of their programming. I think they've done some really, really good things. Uh, that's a fun one to listen to. I listen to, uh, again, The Real Story, which is on, I think, a BBC podcast also, which is Rita the Shah bringing you the big story. Uh, every Friday, you get that. Love Marvin, uh, what's his name? Oh, In Our Time with Marvin Bragg. Listen to Marvin Bragg a lot. I listen to, uh, you know, uh, a lot of these, uh, the ancients I listen to. I listen to uh, the Emperors of Rome, which comes out of New Zealand. Uh, yeah, love, love a lot of these things. Yeah, I, I listen to more, but I can't, it's too much. You know, I have work to do. Yes, there's not enough hours in the day for everything you want to listen and to do. No, no. And I, since I don't drive around, you know, I, I'm not a captive audience. You know, I'm just here in the house and they'll say, well, then you are captive. Yeah, but I want to do this and I got to do that. And I got to start setting things up. Like I said, I have a schedule every day of the week as to what I've got to do to get out two podcasts and do other stuff and, and do all my reading and how I do my uh, eclectic bookshelf blog. And I also write uh for uh what's it mysteryandsuspense.com i send i've been publishing my reviews there also so I, it's just a lot of yeah, not enough hours absolutely not yeah. so where can people find you and uh and your show well the easiest thing is just go to amalfimedia.com that's the easiest thing amalfimedia.com you'll see all our shows up there you can type in on the podcast you could type in the snapshots and you will under apple podcasts i know we're the number one uh we're the we're the number one choice that it comes up to snapshots a dinner and a dot is still trying to get traction there because we haven't been out that long so i always tell people go to amalfimedia.com and you can get all of our shows. You can get the answer trivia questions, and you got to vote on your favorite show. We're in the midst of the Amalfi Awards. That's right. We're doing the Amalfi Awards this year. We're, we're getting nominations for the best episode in each one of our uh, uh, podcasts or video casts, as my wife has with her cooking show. And uh, then we will eventually have people vote on which one of the five or six, you know, come out there, which one's the best. And we go from there. Of course, I know I'm going to win. Absolutely. Well, God, the toxic lady. Have you listened to the toxic lady, Marv? Yes, I have. That's um, fabulous. I've actually, uh, I actually put a post up about that and suggested to people that they listen to that episode. That and is the most bizarre case I have heard about. And then to have the state of California, which prides itself on things, and the state of California come up and say, we solved it mass hysteria yeah mass yeah, hysteria. yeah. 
<laughs> it just is so ridiculous. It just is bizarre. And I feel, and I felt so badly for Gloria Ramirez. And I felt so badly for all those people who got sick. I mean, the one lady who got avuncular necrosis in her knee, how, how do you get that through mass hysteria? I mean, I just, uh, that, that, that just, uh, when I, when I read that story, I said, this needs to be by itself. Yeah, Absolutely. She deserved that. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I thought it was really good that you actually did an episode that was just basically a deep dive into that subject. Well, thank you. I, I usually try to, I try to keep Saturday one Saturday a month for the music, listen to the music and, uh, getting ready to do that. We're coming out the third episode of that on, uh, March 20th, I think. And, uh, I try to keep that and not fill in anything more, but, uh, you know, that one just needed itself. And of course, we're still talking about doing more podcasts. Oh, my son, Matthew, and I want to sit and do a uh, sports podcast. Uh, another person wants to do a baseball podcast with me. Uh, I'm looking forward to doing something with my son because, uh, you know, I used to be a uh, professional wrestling promoter also. And so I have a lot of uh, wrestling loves and stories and things like that. And he actually growing up uh, was my ring announcer my son, Matthew. And, uh, that was his, that was his, uh, essay to get into college that you have to do an essay. He wrote about, uh, being a ring announcer for my professional wrestling organization. And, uh, yeah. That, so I, I'm looking forward to doing that and reminiscing about what I consider the good old days of professional wrestling. Yeah. I remember you mentioning about a wrestler in one of the, uh, as one of your snapshots recently. Yes. Yes. Yeah, we did. We did a lot of things. Captain Lou, uh, Captain Lou Albano and part of the uh, rock and wrestling and that whole thing with Cindy Lauper and yes. uh, Hulk Hogan winning the title. And uh, as a matter of fact, uh, coming up this Wednesday, uh, we're doing one on uh, the death of Jim Crockett Jr. Uh, Jim Crockett Jr. was a promoter down here in the South who became almost like the head of the National Wrestling Alliance. And uh, they had uh, wonderful wrestlers, wonderful workers down here in the in the mid to late 80s, early 90s. And uh, he died. So I'm going to be talking about that and the people he had. You know, he, he's the guy who had Ric Flair. And, of course, Ric Flair was a longtime champion down here and became the NWA world champion. So I have a little bit of background on some of these guys. and I love talking about that. So, yeah, we'll get into all that stuff. Absolutely. And before we leave, I think yep. that people, uh, it'd be good for people to know your, your, um, blog, where to find your blog. And I also think that your Instagram page for that blog is, is fantastic as well. So if you, if you want to let people know yep. where to find those, that'd be helpful. Well, if, if you want to find my blog, you go to Blaine's apostrophe. I guess it's Blaine's eclectic bookshelf. I don't know if it's an apostrophe or not, but type in Blaine's eclectic bookshelf and you will, uh, see a whole bunch of different type of books that we review. And, uh, yeah, I, it's, it's a fun thing. I enjoy doing that. And I uh, put the picture of the book cover and my reviews in and have a good time with that. So I appreciate that. Thank you, Mark, for bringing that up. That, that's fine. I, I think it's important to, in you know, introduce people to these things, you know, because people are always looking for films or books or mm -hmm. music to listen to or, or anything. I mean, it's just, like I said, people are looking for these things and mm -hmm. you're offering suggestions or with your reviews on your blog, I think it's useful because then people know what to expect when they, uh, when they buy these books. It's fascinating. I, I put a review out. Oh, Marvin, I guess it was around a couple weeks ago and I've had more people write me that thanks to my review, they're going to buy the book. And, uh, that really, uh, that made me feel good because I felt very passionate about the book and about my review of the book. And, uh, you know, I don't always get on a high horse, but I felt for this one, I had to, because it dealt, dealt with, uh, uh, poaching and endangered species of animals and what people are doing to kill off the wildlife. And, uh, and the fact that the author is donating all his royalties, to NGOs to protect uh, the endangered animals. That, that just hit me, you know? So I, I was very pleased that people liked that review, so. Yeah, I also think it helps as well because you're talking about these books as a reader as opposed to a 
you know, a, a professional critic might right. be a bit too, well, should we say, well, I'll, I'll say critical. Mm-hmm. They can be a bit too wordy almost and a bit flowery, whereas you're just natural with the way that you write about these books and you're, like I said, you're explaining it as, as just an everyday reader of books. Yeah. Marv, it's just like you and I, I, I never met you. And yet I feel comfortable talking around you. I tell you, you're comfortable chatting with me. We're just chatting like two friends who uh, have been together for 20 years. And that's Absolutely. the way I try to approach all my blogs. I'm talking to my friends or my book, or my reviews or my episodes or whatever. I try to it's just one friend to another. Absolutely. Anyway, Blaine, thank you for talking to me. No trouble. Glad to. If you ever would want to chat again, feel free to uh, give a call and we'll hook up uh, via the Internet again. OK. Absolutely. And uh, ho- hold on a moment while I do the sign out. OK. OK. And thank you, everybody, for listening and hope you listen again to another episode of Pods Like Us. now do we do we see each other no you won't see it hey marv it's nathaniel here i'm helping my dad set up really quick how you doing natty you okay i'm doing very well how are you not bad thank you very much good to hear you again okay he's talking well, to that, yeah here are your headphones okay cable goes on the left cable on the left cable on the left i put this on okay and then you should be and then i should be able to hear him you should be able to hear him you hello be able to hello hey how you doing marv it's like listening to one of your, your one of your shows. Yeah, <laughs> I try to be natural. Yeah. <laughs> Don't we all? Yeah, that's all we can ask for. That's true. Big big day here today. Big day. It, it is for me as well. Oh, good, good. I'm happy because uh, Nathaniel and my wife Magda both got their uh, first uh, COVID vaccine shot and seemed to do well, and that's good. So one more to go in three weeks. Right. We, we've not had our letters yet to go and get ours, unfortunately. No. They, they are moving along here in South Carolina. And uh, the question is, are they efficient or are people just not uh, signing up for them? I don't know. But the minute ours, we were able to, boom, we're in there, you know. <laughs> the thing is, you can't force people to take them. That's, that's no, the no, you can't. No. Nope, nope which, well, that's what it is living in a democracy. That's true. That's true. Yeah. And then, and then they'll moan and groan when things aren't opened up or things aren't going right. Yep. Well, yeah, what can you, but you know what? I didn't hear everybody's got smallpox vaccinations. We all get that uh, MMR where you're with mumps, measles, rubella, that vaccine. I mean, we've been that's getting true. vaccines our whole lives, get flu shots every year. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's okay. Same, same thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know that, but you know, it's one of those things. It's the newness. I think it's the fact that it happens so fast, Marv. Uh, you know, under a year. When you think about it, that's an amazing uh, technological feat to be able to do this. And uh, I think that gets people scared that there hasn't been enough testing. But what are you going to do? Is also the, the beauty of technology. You don't need to do it like in the old days. No, that's that's true. I mean, you can even you, you could talk to anybody anywhere in the world without mm-hmm. a problem right. with, with no lag like we used to do with long distance calls back in the day or anything. That's right. That's right. All right. I remember when my wife, uh, when we were early in our marriage and she wanted to talk to somebody in her family and she had to, you know, you had to somehow get a message that, that they were going to be at the post office and then you would call the post office and that's where the phones were. And it would be like, I got $80 for a 20 minute call, but you know, geez. Dear me. And now yeah. all you need to do is pick up a mobile phone and put the number that's in and you're ringing yeah. somebody. Then you start ringing either Viber or WhatsApp or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So. That's true. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll start the show officially now then I suppose. So, right. um, okay. Fine with me. Okay.
So, is there anything that uh, that we didn't touch on, Blaine, that you think we should uh, should include in the episode? No, I don't think so. I think it was very good. It was exactly what you laid out. There it was, and we you allowed me to chat, and I get asked you, you asked me, and I thought it was real good. We didn't get too technical. When Nathaniel, I know you were getting more technical because that's just what he does a lot more of the technical stuff. With me, it's just Absolutely. sitting and chatting, and like I said, just that's how I am. Just let's chat a little bit. <laughs> Yeah, I, I'd, I appreciate I'd it. I really do. Yeah, that's fine. I'd realised that because uh, I talked to to Nathaniel about how he does the shows and how he puts them together, that we'd already gone into the technical of how the shows are edited and recorded. So we didn't really need to go into that. We just get, went into the nitty gritty of yeah. who you are and what your shows are about and what yeah. you do. Yep, that's that's fine. I don't do anything too heavy. I just. I always say I give credit to Nathaniel. He's the guy who makes us look good. You know, I just do the research and and do a uh, and talk for thirty minutes or ten minutes, whatever the case may be, and then, you know, he do he makes it he makes us a star. So I'm real proud of the boy. Yeah, I would be in the same position. I th I think we've we've had a great conversation there. Yeah, yeah, we did. Like I said, very good. You ever want to chat again? Let me know and. Uh, We'd be happy to chat. As a matter of fact, Nathaniel says something that, that maybe your wife wanted to talk to my wife sometime, and that'd be great. Yes, yes, we've, we've talked about that because Louise is, loves cooking and baking, so it would be almost like a perfect conversation, really. That. Yeah. If you can if you can understand my wife's accent, you're okay. Uh, she's, uh, you know, she escaped from uh, Romania back in '84 uh, when she was 24 years old, and uh, so that accent you don't lose. They say if you come somewhere, you lose your accent if you got there before the age of 11 or 12. Well, she was 24, so she still has an accent, and which she doesn't hear, and my kids don't hear. That's the most amazing thing. I can hear my wife's Romanian accent so plain as day, and they don't know what I'm talking about. What do you mean Ma has an accent? You don't hear this? They hear other Romanians' accent, but not Magda's. <laughs> That's great. I love That's it. That's funny. But you, you say that, but people like, I mean, John Lennon, when he went to America, he ended up almost Americanizing his, uh, his Liverpudlian accent. You know, I always found that fascinating, how the British uh, actors and singers can sound so American. Uh, and then you hear them in their normal mode of speech. Whoa, that's not what I remember him talking like that. How did he do that? I, I'm always been amazed at that. Yeah, always amazed. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Anyway, Blaine, thank you very much for that. No I'll trouble, Mark. Again, sometime soon. All right, be good. Thank you. I'm looking forward to listening to your shows. <laughs> there you go. All right, you take care of yourself. You take care. Thank you. Blaine. Bye bye. Bye.